LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for his glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey, and welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. My name is Josh King, and I am recording from Central Arkansas. On the show today, I have Mark Dance. Mark Dance is a friend of mine, a relatively new friend of mine, but I'll let you, Mark, tell our listeners kind of what you do currently and uh, where you're living. Sure. Well, thanks for having me. I'm uh, the director of Lifeway Pastors, which is a department at Lifeway that uh, serves pastors through various events and resources. And before that, I pastored churches for about 27 years. And are you, are you, you live in Nashville, right? Or outside of Nashville? Yeah. Right. Just North of Nashville. Cool. Is that where you're at right now? Yeah. Cool. Very good. Uh, exciting town, exciting place to live. Typically Mike and Sam are on the show. They can't be on this recording. So, um, it's okay. The interesting thing or one of the reasons uh, to have Mark on the show today is that I kind of thought we would talk about uh, the whole relationship between leaders, pastors, and their predecessors, the people that they followed, which is why Mark is on the show, because Mark pastored the church that I am currently pastored. In fact, right before we started recording, we were talking about what I call my podcast studio was actually his study. So I, I ripped out all of the shelves for all those smart book learning things that he had and i put a microphone in here so um we just kind of talked we we're going to share with you guys kind of some of our thoughts on having a good relationship with your predecessor or your what is it called a successor is that what you call it yeah that's what i call it yeah okay so cool um mark how long did you pastor second baptist i pastored second baptist for uh just over 13 years Mm -hmm. and then I started this department, but I worked from home for eight months. So I was actually there for 14 years, wow. uh, almost exactly 14 years. It's just the last eight months I did it, what I did, what I did for free. <laughs> 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 and they were between pastors. I still did pastoral care because I lived there and yeah. did, did some weddings and funerals. But uh, it was pretty strange. I thought it would be a lot more strange mm-hmm. to attend a church that I'd pastored that long. But going from pastor to church member for eight months wasn't even remotely strange because mm-hmm. I was I was part of the family. It was kind of cool. And something to clarify here uh, for our listeners, and even, you know, I've had this question a number of times just around the community, is whether or not Mark and I knew each other. Were we friends? Was it some sort of like uh, connection? Did Mark help me uh, get this position? And he did not. We did not know each other. Uh, no. We kind of knew of each other, but not... Um, not personally connected in any sort of way, right? That's right. Yeah, I think though you're you you were you're from Texas, so some people tied that together. Like yeah. all Texans know each other. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a couple of them. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a native Texan. My parents are, and siblings are still there, so 
Yeah, we, yeah. we are Cowboys fans. So we're that's, Cowboys fans. We're from the great state, and uh, but we did not know each other. And we pastor, or I pastor, and he did pastor a great church. So um, that's it. That's how the kind of relationship started. But even in the interview process, um, Mark and I chatted a little bit because um, I wanted to know about the church, and Mark was helpful in that. So before we talk about sort of, I guess, stemming from our relationship or how we kind of dream these things to go well, let's talk a little bit about why maybe they don't go well. Do you have any theories on why it is that a lot of pastors, their predecessors and the successors do not necessarily either get along or there's just no relationship at all? Well, and yeah, I do. I, I'm a little surprised to find out that we're not normal um, right. <laughs> because so many pastors, they'll serve and invest for years in a church and never really go back. And I wonder about that. And so it's a great question. Some don't go back because they're not invited back because mm-hmm. the pastor that's there might be uh, intimidated or insecure. Sometimes it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with an ugly exit. Some pastors mm-hmm. leave on bad terms and that puts the current pastor in a bad situation. And sometimes they just don't like each other. You know, they mm-hmm. meet, they don't like each other, they avoid each other. And so, unfortunately, it's the church that pays that bill. Yeah. I think that there's an expectation that, you know, and, and you and I have both seen this in different settings. A lot of churches will what I call pendulum between pastors. And right. so um, this guy will be... There'll, there'll be a guy who's uh, very charismatic, outgoing, and then the next guy is very introverted and quiet and the kind of pendulum. And so some of that sets that up for that perceived not liking one another or getting along. The other thing that I see sometimes is when you go into a setting, um, you hear about all of the perceptions on how the previous people did things, right? And um, some of them are, are not flattering. And so there's this perception that like, if me and my predecessor were to hang out or to be seen in public or even on social media, those sort of things as being um, friends in some way, then it's perceived that all of his negatives I'm going to carry around as well. Or, Mm. you know, those sort of things. And I just think that that's A, silly. You gotta remember that when you hear things, it's just like when I, you know, people visit our church and they'll talk negatively about their other church. you just really can't believe a lot of that. You just, it's their, it's a lot of their emotions or it's their perception on things. They don't really know how the conversation went. So you just let that go in one ear and out the other. The other side of it is I assume fully, um, even though in our case between you and I, I haven't found anything where you and I disagree and I haven't heard anything where you did something I, I wouldn't have done, but I assume there's a bunch that we probably don't necessarily agree on or we wouldn't do exactly the same way. And it's silly to act like two people being friends means I agree with 100% of everything he's ever done or said, you know? So yeah, you just got to free yourself from thinking, oh, all of his faults are on me, n- nor are all of his victories on you either. It's just he led and now you're leading. And so yeah, you know, just kind of carry on. Well, you know, one thing that's just natural for people is to compare. Mm-hmm. It's uh, sometimes can be unhealthy, but for the most part, it's just normal. I mean, if you have a quarterback that's well-loved, uh, if you've got a Brett Favre, this, you know, 
loved by the Packers, but then mm-hmm. you've got an Aaron Rodgers comes in, and he's also loved. Do you really have to say which one you love more or which one? And do you have to compare stats and do all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff? Right. Not, with, not with pastors. God intentionally wired us to be different. And, and yet we're, the differences are sometimes a fun thing. Mm-hmm. In our yeah. case, we have a lot of similarities, but that's not what makes us friends. Right. Uh, honestly, we just love, we love the Lord. You know, we love our church. We love our family. Just the stuff that pastors are made of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that there's um, a lot of benefit to it. Do you see any, I mean, I guess maybe that's where you would start. Is there any good reasons to get along or to even, I'm, I mean, I'm, av- I'm actually advocating more than just getting along. Yeah. Um, is there any good reasons for um, becoming friends with your predecessors? Yeah, I do think so. Uh, I, I think about when the Apostle Paul was headed to Rome, you know, for the last time. Mm-hmm. And he circles through and reconnects with the leaders in Ephesus, one of those being their current pastor, who is Timothy. And obviously, Paul and Timothy had an, a longstanding close relationship, but it wasn't a, just a a reunion between the current and former pastor. It was also uh, the leaders that loved Timothy and Paul both. And it was, it was just a high impact reunion. And, and every time a pastor gets to go back, whether it's like the last time I saw you, well, you know, was it a funeral? Um, right. The next time I see you will probably be when we do a pastor date night together. And, and, um, and you've asked me to preach. Mm-hmm. And I just preached at the church bef- before Second Baptist that I planted in East Tennessee. We just celebrated our 25th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 25th anniversary service, the, the pastor's been there longer than I was there. He's been mm-hmm. there 12 years. I was there the first 10 years. But he insisted on me preaching the keynote sermon. Wow. And, and the fact is that pastor and I celebrated together what God had done in the 25 years of that church. And it was so healthy for the church. They all win when the pastors not just get along, but actually like each other. That it's, it's a, it makes the family reunion very real and intimate. Yeah. I think that from my point of view, and I have tried to do this, get along with all of my predecessors. I pastored a church before this. And um, I think in that... Man, I'm going blank on the numbers exactly. 60-year-old church. I was maybe the fifth pastor, the sixth pastor. Mm-hmm. Almost all of the pastors except for one lived in the community, in and around the community, All of the, including the founding pastor. Um, we're all in that area. And so getting along as best I could with those different personalities was quite a challenge at times. Yeah. But uh, sure. I thought there was a lot of benefit to it, and primarily – I think there's a benefit if you get along with your predecessor and even become friends with them because you get insights into how decisions were made and why they were made at that time. And so, you know, in the Bible, it says not to remove um, offense, essentially, without knowing why it was put there, you know. And um, I think that it helps me tremendously when I'm pastoring to be able to call up people and say, so what was the thought when y'all did this? And, and, And just... How did that originally look like? And so you can kind of get an idea on what changed or maybe call people back to that original vision. And so I think there's a lot of benefit to, you know, getting along and being friends with 
um, the pre the predecessors. I think it's fun too. I don't see any problem with it. Be, being the predecessor, I think if I'm if you're hearing this podcast and you're the guy that left, you're the former guy, not the current guy. A couple of suggestions I would have for you is don't invite yourself to speak. Uh, don't invite yourself back to do anything. You know, if you're invited, go. And we can say this because Josh has already invited me. Right. And, and, and um, but you if you don't get invited back, just know that's unfortunately normal. It's mm -hmm. uh, don't know why, but you just avoid that temptation. And when you do go back, you know, don't don't overshadow your successor. Uh, be careful not to, you know, mm -hmm. don't don't. Don't talk about yourself constantly and and avoid and, and except for special occasions with the the blessing of the current pastor, avoid weddings and doing weddings and funerals. And and that's going to be hard because you both know them, but you might know them better. But honestly, you're not their pastor anymore. I like to think of a f former pastor as a grand pastor. You know, because mm -hmm. grandparents can come in and they can love on everybody and they can have fun. But they're when it comes down to it, you're not their pastor anymore, you know. And so don't act like it. And that will make it a lot easier for your successor as well as less awkward for the church members. Yeah. And I would just piggyback on that from the other point of view. I think that that is exactly the way that you should. Um, hold that perspective as the predecessor. As the successor, I would say, um, try to have them back. Uh, invite them back. There's, it's, I think it's a kind thing to do. I think it's a generous thing to do. I think it's a, a bridge-building thing to do. I do yeah. think that there is a, there's a large percentage of the church I pastor who affectionately looks towards Mark um, and loves him, loves his wife, loves their family, and they should because Mark and their family invested in there. And so I think that it is a, a good sign of um, charity and just we're on the same team. I'm, I'm not trying to destroy anything that has happened before. I'm trying to build upon it. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage um, successors to invite people back. I don't have any problem with the, um, the overshadowing sort of thing. I think um, especially in situations where you're the younger, I think we just need to kind of, um, you know, I think – Maybe the maybe this is meaner than I want to say, but just swallow some pride and and recognize that we as young pastors, a lot of times we come into churches and we think, okay, finally I'm here, finally <laughs> I'm going to fix all y'all, you know, and that sort of thing. And I just think that yeah. that's that's a foolish way to look at life. Um, right. You know, people who invested decades into a church, you you are getting in a lot of situations, and I know this is completely true for mine, and probably there's some exceptions, but. Um, a great deal of the success that I'm even experiencing in this first five months and a great deal of the potential that Second Baptist Conway has is due to the hard work that Mark did. So um, I really don't mind at all him coming back and um, us having a big deal about that and, and having fun with that. And then as far as, man, as far as the weddings and funerals, um, I don't like doing weddings and funerals. <laughs> and so if, if people want Mark to do them, that is fine by me. <laughs> well, I had, I had the, uh, when I came to Second Baptist in 2001, the, the pastor that I succeeded was in, in town. Mm -hmm. uh, the guy before him had passed away. Uh, but the guy before him, 
uh, was in town. So the two of the three of the former pastors both averaged 17 years each of these two that were still there. And I told them the same thing. Uh, please do all the weddings and funerals yeah. that, that you want. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I'm good with that. I really am. And, you know, you're going to know some people better than me. And they lived in town. That's sure. That's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. In the previous church, um, it, it, would, it would come up regularly. People would be like, hey, they've gotten Brother Jim or Brother Billy or somebody to, to do that funeral. Do you mind? And I really don't because they are they're closer to them. They have history. They have um, all this affection towards them. I still go. Um, and a yeah. lot of times what I ended up doing was reading the obituary or saying a few words or, yeah. or praying. And so that's the part I do. But the relational part, which is really just the strength of the pastor, the relational part, let the one with the relationship do that if if he wants to and if they want to. I think that's great. And it's it should not at all be offensive um, to us that they love this person that spent 14, 15, 20 years with them. That They should love them. And, and eventually what happens if you're there long enough um, the church becomes more and more your people, and you're the one that has to do more of those things, which is just part of the load. And so in the first couple of years, I say let that happen. I think that's an okay thing. Yeah. Um, before we move on to some of the topics on how you build these relationships, I want to say a word about your pastor, Rob Galatee's new book, Here and Now, Thriving in the Kingdom, Thriving in the Kingdom of Heaven. Today, fantastic little book. We've been plugging it here on the show for quite a while. Robbie is such a, a um, smart thinker, a great writer, a great leader in the area of discipleship and other areas such as pastoring and leading. So I cannot recommend his book enough. Here and now, uh, Thriving in the Kingdom of Heaven Today. Pick it up wherever you pick up books. It's by Broadman and Holman. And um, you can grab that online and in several other places. Mark, um, what would you say, I guess we could take this from both perspectives. Do you have any hints or so we've got some listeners right now. Some of them are um, predecessors. Some of them are successors. Oh, what's some steps from the predecessor to building that relationship or at least letting it known that you're open to it? Yeah, well, uh, t- two things are internal. And then and then I'll go where I think you want me to go. But I want to take this opportunity to commend you because you have two traits that if, if you don't have these, you're kind of faking it. Mm-hmm. One, one is one is respect. Um, if you know, the Bible teaches us not just honor, but double honor. And sometimes we expect other people to give double honor. But then this is really our shot to practice double honor among each other. And so you've shown me respect, Josh, in that, you know, that's that's huge. The other is security. Um, that's an internal thing. There's not a gauge that says, OK, this person's insecure. Avoid them. Don't make contact, eye mm-hmm. contact. You know, but. Mm-hmm. But if, if you're dealing with insecurities, then uh, you know, only God can fix that. But uh, once you get through the insecurity, um, get to the respect, there's a, there's a sense that you can overthink it. Mm-hmm. Text, phone call, don't do it all the time. But um, re- remember that most likely there will be a bit of a generation uh, even if it's just 10 years, there's different communication uh, practices. And so mm-hmm. find out the language that your uh, the other pastor speaks and speak mm-hmm. their language, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so 
um, and, and then uh, respect their time, especially if you're retired. I'm not retired, but if you know, I will be before you are. And so, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not going to say, hey, let's go have coffee and chat you up all the time. You're mm-hmm. you're on the front lines. I've got to respect that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that helps. And then not giving unsolicited advice would be the next thing um, for the former pastors to consider is if when, you, when we met on the phone, you you reached out to me. That was smart. You're checking out to make sure what that search committee saying is is true. You're you're validating that. You're also making a courtesy call. Uh, man, that would save a lot of pain if pastors did that. And I could mm-hmm. tell, I could tell this was gonna, just from what I, little I knew of you and what I knew of them, this really looked like a good fit. Mm-hmm. But I would have done a disservice to both of you if I would have thought otherwise and not said it. Mm-hmm. But I can't start that conversation. So the search committee had talked to me about you and you mm-hmm. had talked to me about them. You may not have known that, but um, that's where that's where I called <laughs> I called Micah and mm-hmm. he was, you know, he was I think he was in, in, in Indonesia. <laughs> and uh, seriously, I think he was in Indonesia and he texts me back and and we're talking about you. Just mm-hmm. to make sure that you're not some flaming heretic. <laughs> <laughs> and so once I validated that you were you were as solid as the guys I thought, then, you know, I could give them my thumbs up. But yeah. I, I didn't talk to the search committee. They talked to me and I didn't mm-hmm. talk. You know, that's that's just a respect thing there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that you're, you're bringing up a great point here is that. Um, when you're pastoring, and maybe this is just my personality, and I know different people disagree with me or you or whatever, but um, being available to the committee as you passing, you pastored for a while, and so being available to whatever the transitional um, structure of that church is, is helpful. It, and and so I think that's a good thing. I think you did a good thing by uh, serving in that way. If I had known, maybe Micah told me you talked to him. I don't know that I knew that you talked to the committee, but either way, um, if I had known, I forgot. And um, and I think it's a great thing. Um, you know, I, I don't. I think here pretty soon in the next couple of months, I'm going to have my first uh, successor. I'm going to be the my first time as a predecessor. You know, and so yeah, yeah. Um, I'm optimistic towards that. I'm hopeful for that. I'm cheering the church on and whomever they decide to um, call as their next pastor. So I'm excited about that. I do want to make a note here about you said something. I forget what you said, but it made me it made me think of something. Um, I and I'm not just saying this to Mark and other people have heard me say this. I do respect Mark, and I think he's a great pastor. I think he's well known. There is an, a factor of where um, I could possibly be intimidated on different levels for the time that you spent here and your career and your notoriety, those sort of things. And so, my word to those of you who are the current pastor and you're looking towards your your um, the former pastor is even if you are intimidated on some level, just count that as just a well. That's cool. I mean, that, that's almost like um, you know, it's not the same as following in the footsteps, but there's some element to that to where that committee has and Christ has kind of put you in a spot. And if I think it's way better, I think it's really cool to follow somebody that you respect yes. than to follow somebody you don't. I mean, I. And when you think about that, that's a good thing. You want to follow people that you look up to. So um, yeah. I think that those are good things. And so I would just encourage you if you're like, well, man, I mean, 
I feel awkward around them or I feel a little bit intimidated because of their Twitter followers or what they're doing now or they went on to this huge church. Those are all good things. I mean, just kind of celebrate those and, and, and let your intimidation um, fuel sort of respect or, or a treatment of kind of looking up towards somebody. And I think that's okay. I do too. Again, I go back to the family, the family dynamic of mm-hmm. Paul and Timothy, not the apostle and whatever. I'm, I, the fact that Timothy, uh, that Paul called him son sometimes, uh, I'm sure he didn't probably call him son in front of the uh, elders, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, you know, that was just real. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, you know, uh, Paul had success in areas that Timothy didn't and, and, and vice versa, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But because it's family, the, um, all that just blurs away and what you're going to do for your successor uh, soon. And what I hope to continue to do for you is just be the biggest cheerleader ever and mm-hmm. to root, keep rooting privately, keep praying and writing notes of encouragement um, things, things that everybody can do, but that not everybody does. It takes intentionality. It does. And I, I was going to share that some of the things that have happened between you and I that are helpful that I think that maybe could encourage other people to do the same thing. It's just on social media, both of us um, are not afraid to publicly say that we support one another. And I, and yes. I think that that's good. Um, also, I've just, I have heard through the grapevine from different things that Mark has said kind things about me. And so that's good to, to speak um, positively about one another. And because that gets back, any of us that are in ministry at all know that we hear everything. We that's are right. going to hear it again. So um, <laughs> those sort of things get back. I've even, you know, uh, one of the other benefits I would say of having a good relationship and even a friendship with uh, your former pastor is that e- the relationships within the church are easier for me because people see Mark and I as um, at least kind of running in the same stream. But also some of the relationships in the community, um, I'm thinking in particular of one of you know the largest pastor church in our city here. Um, I can tell, I can just tell when I'm around him that I am borrowing from Mark's credibility. Like I am, I'm allowed in quicker than maybe before because of Mark. And so those are good reasons to um, kind of build those relationships. And I would encourage anybody um, that's following somebody that, you know, um, it's a good thing. What would you say, Mark? I mean, we're almost out of time, but what would you say as far as like, let's say we don't like each other. What should we do about that? Yeah, well, uh, you you just nailed it right then when you talked about the private conversations. Mm-hmm. Because if I if there's something that you do, and eventually if you're there long enough, you're going to do something that I wouldn't do, you know, or I would disagree with. And you're going to hear about it real fast. That's right, because the, <laughs> that's right. The critics the critics mm-hmm. will talk about you faster than anybody, yep. and and they will reach back to a former pastor most likely. So so what you said is so important that you. Uh, don't overreach mm-hmm. and privately, especially. And if you do disagree, it's not your place. It's just like a grandparent, just like a grand, you know, a, a grandfather would not criticize, you know, his son or daughter 
to the kids, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's the same dynamic, and, and so, um, yeah, just just be be encouraging and supportive mm-hmm. because you've been in that seat. Those critics criticized you also privately. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and and plus, here's another dynamic, Josh. It's just a reality I found in the. I've only pastored three churches, and then plus one interim, but. Over time, people tend to forget your mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I've made so many mistakes in those 14 years, you yeah. know, and they get smaller and smaller. And so a lot of probably um, what gets left is almost uh, mythical. Right. right? Legendary. <laughs> yeah. Legendary. So, mm-hmm. so just, just keep that perspective in mind, both, both the successor uh, and, and the predecessor should keep in mind that you know uh you're not all what you think you are or what other stuff <laughs> yeah so and that's it's just they're both are humans and yes. so sometimes you get the impression man they love that guy and then they they're so mean to me well they were they were difficult to him as well and <laughs> that's it's right just, and they're gonna love you once you're gone or dead or something. I mean, that, that's just that's how people are. It has nothing really to do with the character of the previous pastor or you. I will also say that you bring up a great point there. You, I will eventually do something that people don't. That is a guarantee. We all <laughs> can right. mark that they are not gonna like that. And we also know that the personality of some of these of people in every single church, not just Second Conway, is that. They're gonna they're gonna feel a temptation to reach out to Mark and, and kinda can you believe what he did or how would you handle this? I will tell you this, the more Mark and I are publicly for one another, the less that's gonna happen. Mm. Um, it, we we cut that off um that's good. way early. And Mark has um, not ammunition but defense to say, you know, I just don't know that you're seeing the whole picture or you know, and how great would it be when I make a decision or a big decision and Somebody calls up Mark. Can you believe what he did? And Mark can say, yeah, I, I mean, we talked about it for the last couple of mm. months. We've been talking about that thing, and I think he did the right thing on that, and I think you should support him. So, I mean, there are huge, massive benefits yes. to um, working together on these sort of things. So thank yeah. you so much for um, kind of hanging out with me today, Mark. How can uh, folks who listen to EST, how can they connect with you if they want to? Well, just uh, my name's pretty easy to remember, uh, Dance, and uh, somebody at Second Baptist gave me a new middle name, Kant, and which was <laughs> has, has kind of stuck. But um, yeah, Mark Dance. Uh, actually, I was just looking at my notes, markdance.net. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote a a post about should pastors cut the cord to former churches, and mm-hmm. so I've been kind of looking through those notes as I talk to you. Mm-hmm. So about once a week, I'll send something out there. But any, any of the social media stuff, just my name. Cool, cool. And before we let you go, just want to let everybody know about the One Thing podcast. Uh, the one co-host by Scott Sanders and Derek Hanna. They are part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network family, and they've recently talked about regional church planning, social media in your church, and succession which is kind of what we're talking about here just look them up at the one thing on your favorite podcasting app or and subscribe today thanks again for listening to us and uh, we'll catch you next week you've been listening to est a discussion for the established church make sure to follow us on facebook and twitter as well as subscribe rate and review on itunes google play or your favorite podcatcher thanks for listening est is proud to be a part of the lifeway leadership podcast network